Put paste and delay creates work plus rest plus recovery equals training. Not work plus work plus work. This means that when you go on a hard or long run, you actually need to recover properly. Learn about the top seven science proven supplements for better run recovery on this episode of Trees and Delay. Don't master a lot. Don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none. Just be, just be a master of some. What is up? Welcome to Trees and D-Lake, a podcast series by Mike Trees and yours truly, Darren D-Lake Creates. In this series, our goal is to educate and entertain smart and committed runners. A bit more on that from Mike Trees. And the aim of this podcast is to give, in a light-hearted, amusing and entertaining way, hints and tips to help you all run better and enjoy your sporting life more. So let's see how we can go with that. Mike's being pretty modest. He has over 50 years of running and doing triathlons under his belt. And if you're wondering about me, I've been in the endurance sport game for about 25 years now, done a sub three hour marathon and completed an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours. We appreciate all the help and support that we can get. So if you can, please share out this episode to someone that you know that would like this. Oh, quick language warning. In some rare instances, we might use some bad words. So apologies in advance for that. Oh, supplements. They polarize and divide the endurance sports and running community. Some people love them and some don't. I, well, I personally love them for many reasons. And maybe you should consider them in your own recovery if you don't already. What you'll learn in this episode, the actual seven supplements, because we don't hide it from you. So we got one, electrolytes, two, vitamin D, three, fish oil, four, glucosamine, five, collagen, six, creatine, and the last one, seven, broccoli sprouts. And a fun one, how non-science-based anecdotal supplements could actually help you and much more. Let's dive into these actual seven supplements and get into it. Warm-up complete. All right, the eight scientifically proven supplements that I personally use, and Mike's going to give his super pro scientific he is an exercise scientist background, and he's also a pro coach. Uh, he's going to give his kind of opinion and just a bit more background on them. So feel free to use them, experiment with them or not. Uh, consult a medical professional. This is just for fun, everyone. All right. We don't want anyone going to the hospital and hurting themselves from any of this stuff. But these are actually scientifically proven. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do things that are, oh, this random person said it. With that said, though. There is, not enough, there is not enough money to test everything in the world. So there is a lot of anecdotal supplements out there that do work for some people. And that's not to say it isn't scientifically, or sorry, it's not to say that it isn't correct. It's just, there's no actual science behind it. So I won't go, I'm not using any of those supplements today. All right, I'm just letting you know okay. that if you, use, if you use some random powder that you found in the middle of you know, uh, uh, you know, South America and it works for you, I keep using you, You've got me going already. Look, if, <laughs> if there's no money to be made from selling the supplements, the research isn't going to be done because there's no funding for the research. Ding. So that <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of stuff out there uh, that, that can be used, natural stuff. But are people really going to research in, into things that you can, you know, like grass, for example, I'm making this one up. You, know, you can just go and pull the grass out of the ground and eat it yourself. I don't think anyone's going to do the research on that because no one's going to put the money in to provide the funding for it because there's no... 
yeah, there's no pharmaceutical country company's going to make money out of it because grass is just everywhere. So uh, that's a, a really bad example, but you get the point. Uh, research is done on on supplements that people think they can make money out of as well. So it doesn't mean that it's it's not all good, but it just means that that some supplements are missed uh, because they don't aren't perceived to be uh, value enough to make the pharmaceutical country companies money. Number one, essential electrolytes. And I'll lump these essential ones. There's a lot of electrolytes out there, but the main ones that I use in mostly a pill form are uh, calcium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. So those are, I use that in a pool, uh, sorry, in a pill. I have yet to find zinc also combined in that. So I always have to have zinc separate, but um, I found calcium, magnesium, and potassium, and there's also salt. Sodium. Sodium, sodium yeah, so, there's salt. Yeah. Calcium, potassium, sodium, magnesium, uh, uh, and yeah, the main ones. Yeah, so the, the reason why I say that, um, I want to start off with that is because here's a fun story about one of my uh, extreme endurance events, uh, gone wrong, failure, is 2016, and you know I'm hydrating up for my longest endurance event I ever did, which is Ironman race, did it in 10 hours, but I basically drank a lot of water because I'm a heavy sweater and I, I, I sweat a lot. So therefore, I lose a lot of water. I didn't know that I lost electrolytes. I didn't know the science behind electrolytes. I actually was taking salt pills and salt tablets, but I wasn't taking electrolyte tablets and it was just salt. And then I stopped taking them as I started the run <laughs> and I kept drinking a whole lot of water, like peeing clear the whole time. Like on the bike, I was peeing clear. When I was running, I was peeing clear. And then I hit the 10K six mile mark of the marathon run of my Ironman and everything started hurting and cramping. It wasn't, I kept, my heart rate was low. I could keep running. It was a cool day. It was like 20 degrees Celsius, which is about 67. Absolute perfect day. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, why am I cramping up? And, you know, I'm sitting there peeing more and more and more, kept drinking water. And then it wasn't until basically, you know, months later, as I started getting more into exercise science and, you know, biohacking myself, and I realized that I peed out all my electrolytes. So with that said, I started taking my electrolyte intake more seriously because again, I'm a very high sweater. I, I, my sweat rate is through the roof. Um, so I constantly have to have a lot of electrolytes and I have a lot more salt in my food than most people. And that also means that I hydrate and you have to have the right balance. You, if you have hydration, you also need the electricity in your, or sorry, not the electricity, you need the electrolytes in your body to deliver that to the muscles. I'm sure I have Well, the electrolytes up. fire the electric signals to get yes. the muscles to work. They help. So uh, that's why you need them. You know, exactly. For one reason. Exactly. So I, I like to take them daily, especially on hard days. And I found that I feel so much better when I take proper electrolytes, um, a lot of this stuff, the, I guess another, another big reason that I meant to put in the beginning, and I might say that earlier, but uh, another reason why I like supplements is I know exactly how much I'm getting. And with food, you don't know. The ripeness of the food, how hard, how much you cooked it, how much you over or undercooked it. There's a lot of, you, you can't actually extract out, you know, you, none of us can, we don't have labs in our kitchens to, to actually find out how much is actually in there. So you know the exact amount. But then there's the argument of bioavailability, which I won't go into, but basically a lot of foods are meant to be consumed with each other. So you need certain foods, fats, and et cetera, for you to actually get out the vitamins and the nutrients from that. 
So I won't go down the rabbit hole. I'm going to digress, Mike. Let me know what your thoughts are on essential electrolytes. Also, just, just jumping quickly when you say you know how much you're getting. So you know what the label says you're taking. It doesn't mean you're actually digesting that much. So you could be taking in, you know, uh, 1,000 milligrams of uh, vitamin C, but the odds are most of it's going to be secreted in your urine, so you won't be absorbing it into the body. So, yeah, so this, so yeah, you know what you're taking in, but you might not know what you're taking in with the food and you study the contents on the food uh my my argument is always get a a, a good a healthy balanced diet the best you can but same time you know supplements are important for a reason electrolytes i think are important i i can't remember the the article i wrote so people just have to believe me but i think more people have dried from in a marathon from drinking too much water than dehydration until very recently it was thought that virtually no one had died through dehydration in a marathon but actually quite a lot of people have died from a, a well an illness that's called hyponutremia which is where you basically drown from not having enough electrolytes because you take too much water and you pee them all out which was what you had in a mild form in your Ironman you were peeing out all your electrolytes uh, and, and the reason that electrolytes are good because these are the minerals that found the body they, they give the body the balance that it needs. You know, and just to recap, calcium, potassium, sodium, and magnesium are the main ones. Uh, and they're critical in keeping your blood pressure correct. Uh, and when you're racing, they're also super important because they're critical for muscle contraction uh, and also hormone regulation, which people don't really realize. So they have a vital uh, role in the body and they're lost through sweat. So if you sweat a lot, you will get rid of them. And some people sweat more than others. I've never really had a problem with cramping in, in races. I don't think I sweat uh, a lot, and I don't think I sweat out a lot of electrolytes. So it's not an, an issue I've had. Having said that, when I race, I always make sure that my water bottles are full with a sports drink that, that is electrolyte-based. Uh, and, and as I'm getting older, just to be safe, uh, I, I'm making sure that my electrolytes and my salts are high for, for hot you know, days when we're training in, in the heat. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's an individual factor. Uh, and I would say that if the workout's less than 30 minutes, you don't really need to think about electrolyte supplementation. But if you're out in the heat uh, training for longer than 30 minutes, yet replenishing the fluids with electrolytes uh, is very important. So uh, that's, that's sort of my, my summary of it. Uh, any, anything you want more than that on the subject? But I think you do right to take electrolytes. It's one that... Uh, you know, I'm not into all supplements, but this is one I'm 100% behind you on that. Uh, and not just drinking plain water when you're out running. Make sure that uh, you're getting the electrolytes in as well as the plain water. Jump into number two, which is vitamin yep. D. Vitamin D. And I take this mostly in the pill form. I am dark-skinned if you're watching this or you might follow me on Instagram. I am dark-skinned, so getting vitamin D from the sun, which is the best place to get it outside of the pills. Um it's really hard for me to get it, especially in the winter when the, the sun is lower and there's less vitamin D that my body can extract from the ultraviolet rays. So I need to keep it high. And um, fair-skinned people like yourself, Mike, and you know a lot of the, a lot of the earth is fair-skinned, you can get it in the middle of the summer in five minutes. You can get all you need for the week. So um, as far as supplements goes, you don't, you don't need to take the vitamin D. But I take it in the winter, I take it more in the pill form, and in the summer, I usually. Uh, this is another thing. I'm also not out in um, the peak midday sun, even in the summer. I'm usually training in the in the morning, and then I'm out in the afternoon, early evening to pick up my my son. 
So I actually don't even get a chance to get it. And that, that's another thing is, the, you know, even in the morning when the sun's rising, that's not the best vitamin D sun. What do you want to take on that? My, my wife, when we were in England, took vitamin D uh, supplementation because you got to remember that we get up early before the sun rises. You go to an office, you work in an air-conditioned or heated office all day long. In England, in winter, you come out of that office, it's dark again. So most people. And at the weekend, you decide to go out, it's cloudy and raining. There's no sun. <laughs> so, yeah, again, this is another one that uh, at certain times of year, I think certain people need to take vitamin D supplementation. I am super lucky that uh, I'm a sports coach. I'm outdoors all year round throughout the day. Uh, I get bags of vitamin D naturally. Even in winter, there's enough sunlight hitting my skin uh, that I absorb it so that I don't need it. But if you don't go out in the sun and if you're, for example, in Japan, it's uh, it's very fashionable to have to try and keep your skin uh, as, as light as possible, not to get a suntan. Uh, and then you see the old uh, ladies with their, their kimonos and things with the white makeup on that was considered uh, very aesthetic in the past so that they didn't go out in the sun uh, and so they're not getting so if you're in a culture where you're not going out in the sun and and I was in Indonesia a lot recently and I, I grew up in Libya and these are Muslim countries and so a lot of the people actually you know cover their skin up uh, and and it's, it's part of the culture and the religion not to expose bare skin so again these sort of people uh will will need to think about supplementation of vitamin d so even if you're living in a hot climate uh, but if you're not exposing the, the the bare skin to sunlight uh it's it's a supplement that you need to think of having said that in the west i think they put vitamin d in all the cereal packets and everyone eats far too much sugary cereal so they're probably getting enough vitamin d but it, it's something to think about definitely uh, and i agree with you in the winter months uh it's another good one i'm with you on that uh vitamin d supplements i don't mind you taking that one either Terence. <laughs> number three uh fish oil slash omega threes add break This episode is brought to you by Energy Coaching, which is Mike Tree's coaching service. Mike and his team of coaches work with beginners to pros and all levels in between. No one is too fast and no one is too slow. They just want a desire to learn and improve. They focus on 1500 meter races to marathon running and triathlon training. Energy Coaching is constantly overbooked. So Instagram and this new podcast venture, Trees and D Lake, gives Mike and the rest of his energy coaching team a way to reach out to more people and help them. Contact Mike and his team at the letters nrg-coaching.com or go to the link in the show notes. And back to the show. Number three, uh, fish oil slash omega threes. So obviously you can get this from eating a whole lot of the right fish, especially wild, um, you know, not farm fish. But this is about supplements. This is about a real food. We'll do another one about real food in a second. The fish oil, there was a lot of hype about it over the last 10, 15 years that it was amazing. And then they actually have like, I think there's new studies that are like, it's actually not that great. It still helps with recovery. It just doesn't help as much as we thought. Um, it doesn't hurt to use it. It also works really well. Vitamin D works really well when you take it with fish oil. So two and three are tied together because uh, vitamin D needs uh, fat to help move it yeah. along in your body. But um, yeah, well, d does it actually, you know, if, I'm, if I have an achy whatever, an achy joint or ligament and I take, I take some fish oil, do I feel great two hours later? No, but I take it. And there's also, you know, some of the, a lot of the fish oils are cheap. 
they don't know what's actually in it, you know, the cheaper ones. So you need to get a higher end fish oil. A lot of people might not have that in the budget. What do you think about all that, Mike? Well, again, fish oil, it's, it's the omega-3 fatty acids that we're after, essentially, from the fish oils. Uh, and, and what we tend to do in, in our diets these days is we have too much sort of processed food uh, and, and processed manufactured oils. So we're getting too many omega-6 fatty acids uh, and oils in the body. And this can set you up for heart attack, heart disease, current, you know, all sorts of problems. High not, not sure if it's been proven to be related, but you can get high cholesterol with these issues. But it, it's, it's not healthy. And, and so we need to keep the balance uh, right. And you need, I've forgotten what it is. I think it's three uh, omega <laughs> I, I need to need to look. It's it's three omega fatty acids to the uh, uh, the six fatty acids. So we it, it's always good. We're getting too many uh, omega sixes in. So we need to get these fish oils, and I would only go for them with uh, omega three fatty acids. They're a group of polysaturated fats. Uh, they're essential for human health. Uh, they, they come in the best forms for me. It come, you know, if you're eating salmon, heron, and sardines, you're going to be getting bags of it. But if you're not a big fish eater, uh, then you can get them, you know, in supplements, uh, and they're probably taken from salmon, heron, or sardines <laughs> to put in supplement. Uh, if you're a vegetarian, you can get them from chia seeds, from walnuts, uh, and even flax seeds. So uh, vegetarians or vegans can can also uh, get a good source of them. Again, yeah, they're great for heart health. I I don't actually it's, it's the one supplement I take regularly, uh, and I do it for heart health uh, rather than anything else. And uh, it again, it's not been proved 100, percent but I, I'm sure it does. It it's, it supposedly helps protect the heart, uh, and and it's it's one that I think in a modern diet where we're getting too much access to processed foods i think it, it's good to restore the balance in the uh, fats that we're taking in the body and to get more omega-3 fatty acids in. Well, one thing i meant to yeah. say on the uh, omega-3 yeah, yeah they, they they're also you know epa and dha they're meant to be good for brain health so it, mm. it's it's often suggested you give them to kids because their their brain function is developing so uh that's another reason that people in early life are, are thought to be good so it, it it might help against dementia in, in later life, but they're also good anti-inflammatories. This is the reason why it's good for heart health because the anti-inflammatory uh, action in them. So uh, it might it might help uh, with DOMS, which is the onset delayed onset of uh, muscular soreness, uh, and it it could help with increasing uh, blood flow to the muscles during runs. So yeah, so that was another reason I forgot to say there that I I take the omega threes uh, fish oils. All right, number four, glucosamine. And uh, I didn't know what this was, but I once I started researching it and I saw that, you know, it helps with um, recovery, especially after hard workouts and strength training. And then I found out it was for, um, it's for older, older people, senior citizens and uh, people that, you know, things hurt and muscles ache and all those types of things. So uh, I've been pumping the glucosamine on, again, hard days. And is it helping? I, do, I don't know, but I, you know, I always take it. I have my, whatever I'd have my, my hard training days. I usually also, I found out that I like to batch. So if I do a hard interval session, I also like to do strength training right after that. And my body responds extremely well. Not everyone can do that, but uh, then I have a nice 48 hour, 72 window to properly recover. I don't try to shove another workout in or, you know, strength training session. But after I do that, I load up on these supplements and I found that I recover really well. So any, any notes on glucosamine? What do you think about that? 
So it's one that's been big in Japan for a long time,、uh, and、uh, it, it's considered good for joint health traditionally. So uh, the, uh, the collagen、uh, is a fibrous, flexible、uh, protein, and it, it adds structure to the joints. So a lot of people take this supplement, you know, for the knees. You know, if you get pain with the knees, they think it helps.、Uh, but it's it, it's been taken, you know. It, Uh, as well as helping with arthritis,、uh, it, it's actually quite good these days、uh, in terms of preventing heart disease. It's thought. So there's a study in the British Medical Journal of、uh, about t- 2015 where they looked at the biobank data,、uh, and they studied. I think they 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 actually got data from 500,000 healthy people, and found out that those who Took glucosamine's、uh, sulfate supplement were 15% more or less likely, sorry, to, to have a heart attack than those that didn't.、Uh, and if they did have a heart attack, they were 22% less likely to die of that heart attack. So it, it seems that glucosamine is, is now making a little bit of a revival as a supplement、uh, because it, not only is it, you know. Protection for the joints, it's thought, but it, it could also be a, a good risk protection、uh, against heart attacks and, and even having a fatal heart attack. So again, this is a, another supplement that's considered to be pretty good to take.、Uh, my my trouble is I'm I'm really bad at remembering to take the supplements. I do remember to take my fish oil every day,、uh, and I will go out and buy some glucosamine for my joints initially. And now I've realised it's good for the heart. I'll buy, it, but I keep forgetting to take it. <laughs> I'm a shocker. <laughs> you should take it take it with your Uh, with your fish oil, so I take them all at the same time. Like I've literally got like a handful of like ten pills, and I just like I, I always make sure I, I eat beforehand, just just in case. I I, I can't take them on empty stomach, but just in case. Yeah. So I eat I, eat I, before. I, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I eat, but and I just have a handful of them, and like I have to, two or three goes. I have to get them all down because I'm the same. Like I just know after certain workouts, I'm like, okay, I need to get them in because I'll forget, and then it'll be like two days later, I'm like, shit. I needed to take the the supplements, you know, two days ago to actually get the benefit. So I just make sure、um, that I I just do it all at once. That's 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 how I do.、It. And they're all in the same they're all in the same container too. I just dump them all out in the same container, and I know what they look like. So then when I pull out the fish oil, I pull out the glucosamine, pull out the vitamin D. So maybe you should、uh, try that for a little little hack to make sure you you get it all. Number five, and、uh, you you already actually touched on it. Glucosamine has a collagen. Uh, some collagen benefits or or、um, profile.、Mm. Well, broccoli sprouts. The number five is broccoli. Oh, sprouts, sorry. No, I'm, I'm going to jump to. I'm flipping it. I'm flipping it. So yeah, I'm flipping、okay. it to collagen. Number five, collagen protein. We talked about that a bit. Glucosamine、okay. has collagen-like properties to it, but、uh, actual collagen protein powder is something that、mm-hmm. uh, I legit have been taking for a few years now, probably four years, and.、Um, It was because of I had I've been having these Achilles issues. My Achilles, as I get older, you know, I didn't take care of them as best I could. I wasn't doing the strength work that I that I could have done. But、uh, I read some anecdotal evidence. There was no hardcore science.、Um, Mark Sisson, he's a big person, and I read something and I said, you know what, let me take it. And within a week, my Achilles felt great. But then I found out a few months ago from 10W2S.、Um, check her out at 10W2S. On Instagram,、mm-hmm. and she put to light a new study, or it's not—it's not a study because, like you said, they don't have the backing for it. But there is a lot of evidence now, and there's some preliminary studies. They haven't put the paper out; hasn't been peer reviewed. I think as of the time of this recording, but、uh, collagen combined with strength training routine 
Achilles Silaeus after an Achilles injury actually is like this golden like combination where it really it, you have to do both of them to really see the benefits uh, of, of your Achilles starting to strengthen up. And you get nice hair. I don't have that much hair, but you get nice hair and you get nice skin. My skin does glow after I've taken the collagen for about a week or two. I'm like, oh, wow, my skin looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, so <laughs> that, that's another kind of a side, a third benefit, secondary benefit. But um, yeah, the collagen is something that I try to stay on regularly, minimum two times a week, especially after hard workouts. I've had, I've been notorious with these Achilles issues for the past few years. Finally, the last year, I've gotten rid of it through an intense strength training regime program, just really sticking with it, staying disciplined. Uh, even on my easy weeks, I still make sure that I do the, the calf raises and the slayest work that I need. As I'm getting older, my Achilles is just starting to get old and shrivel up. But collagen, collagen, what are your thoughts on collagen? Well, from what I've been sort of reading around the, the subject a little bit, they, they suggest that most people should get enough collagen from the diet. But again, they also say that the important sources of it is, is bones. And so as a vegetarian, I'm not going to be eating a lot of bones. So uh, I would say it's not going to harm you to, to supplement the diet with collagen, uh, just to make sure. You do need to uh, have uh, amino acids to absorb it, though, synthesized in the body. But uh, make sure you're getting enough amino acids as well to uh, to get it synthesized in the body. Uh, but yes, I, I agree with with what you're saying from uh, the research uh, that, that's coming out here. Uh, that it, you know, uh, the soft tissue of the body, it, it's great. Uh, and so I wasn't an expert. I, I must admit, I wasn't an expert on collagen before you mentioned it. And I, I've done some reading up uh, around it, but I, I think it is a, a good food. Uh, to get and and good foods that that have it in naturally uh beef chicken fish beans uh so you can get it from beans as well it seems as well uh so yeah uh i would say that uh it, it's one to go for it's, it's not my area of expertise i must say it's something i have read up on and it seems that science is suggesting that it is good for protecting the soft tissue and the joints when running and enhancing your recovery so uh yeah uh, and, and again, if you do all this, that's, you know, if, if you do protect your joints and you recover well, it'll help protect with the flexibility and the mobility and your cushioning while you're running. So it, it could be quite a, a valuable supplement for runners. All right, we're going to stay in the protein area. So the, this is the last protein that I take. Number six, creatine monohydrate. And there, it seems that like that's the only one you can really get. I've, I've read that that's the only one that kind of works. Um, you want to get the monohydrate, but creatine. And it's not just for bodybuilders. Uh, I've seen you do some posts on this. I know you probably have a, a positive opinion on this, but um, creatine, I always thought, I remember when creatine got hot in the late 90s, all the bodybuilders, you know, in high school, they were like, you know, shoving creatine. I'm like, dude, I'm getting jacked, man. And I was like, why do I need to take creatine? I'm a runner, you know? This was 10 years ago, five years ago. And a friend of mine was like, no, dude, like there's some legit studies now. Um, actually, it was the, the, the old co-host of this podcast when it was called Masters of Some, Phil Cross. And he was like, dude, take some uh, creatine, you know, once a day, anywhere from three to five grams of it. And uh, the study after study is just like creatine is really good for endurance athletes, especially runners. Um, so yeah, I take that on usually hard days and usually when I'm strength training. What are your thoughts on creatine? So you've yeah, uh, hit uh, basically the, the summary that I, I was <laughs> Sorry about say that. as well. That, 
it, you know, Linford Christie, uh, I think he was, uh, you know, uh, Olympic champion, I think, uh, 100 metres. He brought it to fame in Britain in the 90s uh, as a runner, but it was mostly used by sprinters and power uh, lifters. But And it was used as an ergogenic aid uh, with caffeine. So often to help performance, they took it with caffeine as well. But uh, it, it does tend, you tend to store water, so your body weight does go up when you take it. So again, it, it went out of fashion for a little while because uh, distance runners would, would store water and, and bloat out a little bit on it. But studies suggesting that it, uh, it actually is quite good at uh, being beneficial as giving you a buffering against lactic acid, maybe as much as a 5% buffer against uh, lactate building up. Uh, so that's another thing so that when you're running at threshold, you know, having a, being able to run a little bit faster, a little bit further uh, without building up lactate in the blood might be a, a, another good reason to take uh, creatine. Uh, again, all these things start to add up. It, it comes down as an ergogenic aid in my book. Uh, and then that then comes into that gray area of uh, not supplementing for health more. This is taken specifically to help you to race quicker. So that then becomes a gray area with caffeine. You know, it's legal. So if, if you want to take something legal to help you race faster, I think this could do it. It, it, it might be a buffer against lactate acid. Uh, and then it also seems that taken in conjunction with caffeine, it might also be a bit of an ergogenic aid as well. So uh, I think there is some science there uh, to, to say that it, it can help runners and, and, and endurance, and not just sprinters, but can help endurance runners perform better as well interesting yeah and i i took it for recovery um because i had read that it helps with recovery um obviously protein um you can get it from natural foods which i get most of and there's the whole argument of bcas i know bcaas i know you don't you don't care for bcaas i personally i actually like bcaas <laughs> pre-runs and pre mm -hmm. uh pre-races because they are a very extremely low protein, low, sorry, low calorie protein. So um, mm -hmm. there's been some, some studies that uh, if you get protein in your system before a race and even during, so during Ironman, I was actually, uh, I had protein, I had BCAs in my water. So for longer events, taking in protein during events actually helps you. And that's where BCAs are great. And they're, they're flavorless. I get the flavorless ones that taste like, it tastes like plastic. I call it the future. It tastes like the future. It is one of the, the flavorless BCAs. But all the BCAs have um, sucralose in it, which I can't stand sucralose. It is like the, it, that, that artificial sweetener, it actually gives me like a migraine. So um, I get the flavorless BCAs. But yeah, we're not talking about BCAs. I don't use BCAs for recovery. This whole thing is about everyday training recovery. But creatine works but I did not know I did not know about it for race day buffering because I actually do take it before the race. I actually always take about three, three to four grams works for me. I, I don't want to get stomach issues. I know once you get to the five grams and more, some people have stomach issues. They get bloated. You know, they have to go to the toilet. They get gas. So I stay around three grams, three, four grams. Um, I didn't know about that. So that's actually, I'm glad I, I'm, so, yeah. I, I, I was already, you know, aiding my race. There's another plus, another plus for you here. So uh, just to cut, cut you up there, sorry about that. No. But he's only at my other plus in. So according to the Journal of uh, Diabetes Research, uh, it, it actually increases your uh, thermic effect, uh, which is the burn. So you burn more calories. Uh, and, and so they think that possibly it could help with fat reduction. So, uh, I mean, it, these things are minor, remember. It's, you know, you eat one piece of toast too much every day for a year and you're going to put on two kilos, I think it is. But uh, it, it, 
it's still diet is the most important thing, but it, it does it does seem that it's been shown to help increase the, the uh, you know your thermatic uh, thermic burn, so your your metabolism rate goes up a little bit uh, and might help with keeping body fat down. So there's another plus that may be associated with it. Again, all these supplements they need more research. You know, people are coming out suggesting this, suggesting that, but nobody can categorically say it does this it does that yet it just uh, it hasn't been proved wrong <laughs> fair well this Point. this is why it's my personal you know uh, what i what i use and based on the science that we we have and science changed its mind you know science is not absolute truth that we science knows what it knows today every scientist is okay with saying now i know more information Therefore, what I knew yesterday is wrong. And that's, that happens. It hasn't that. been proved wrong yet. So yeah. in my way, my take <laughs> on it is that it's only correct as, as, as to point it hasn't been proved wrong yet. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're going to end this off number seven, uh, broccoli sprouts. So broccoli sprouts um, have sprung up in my radar via, oh, I can't remember her name, Rhonda Patrick, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who was on Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan. And she is awesome. Uh, absolutely love her. Uh just the way her whole brand is. And there's been some new scientific information about broccoli sprouts. But I, I did broccoli sprouts because um, the reason why is the uh, cancer. It has a higher chance of reducing the risk yeah. of getting cancer as you get older. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you, get, if you take broccoli sprouts every day and you still get cancer, sorry. Um, I apologize. But the, this is like the first, this is the first like conclusive evidence that, that the, the cancer industry has had about, you know, especially broccoli sprouts. And it's best to take broccoli sprouts as a real fruit food. So you need to grow your own or you can buy broccoli sprouts and, you know, store them in the freezer and then chop them up in your salad. Uh, I don't have time for that shit. So um, the second best is to get it in a pill form or a powder form. And um, its effectiveness is probably not as good as the real food, but it's something. And I try to take it regularly. But it actually has a running recovery benefit, um, and it mitigates oxidative stress. That's probably the biggest thing. So I'm actually doing two things with it. It's helping with run and recovery, but mostly I'm trying to um, <laughs> I'm trying to help prevent possibly Alzheimer's and cancer in the future. So I'm kind of like, you know, let's do both of it. Let's do all three of them because why not? And uh, I will probably start growing my own broccoli sprouts because I really I like the way broccoli sprouts taste. I should probably eat them more. The fiber is probably good. What do you think about broccoli sprouts? As it's quite new. Well, I think you've pretty much summed it up. It is a new one, and I had to read up a little bit on. It, it seems that just oh, the only thing I can really add is the technical term. And I didn't know this. Well, this is uh, it's a rich source of sulforaphane, uh, and that that is the compound which is a natural antioxidant. Uh, and of course, uh, antioxidant. It, it's so in the research. It seems that the research is showing that yes, it gives us health you know, benefits to the body, such as mitigating oxidative stress, which I think is a is a good one. Uh, there is too much oxidative stress, uh, and it, it might help with reducing the risk of cancer, as you said, uh, aiding brain health, which is great. So it might reduce the risk of Alzheimer's in, in old age. These are all great benefits that you've taken from. Uh, uh, broccoli sprouts. Uh, you probably get it from broccoli as well. Just eating broccoli alone uh, would help. Uh, cabbage, actually, cauliflower, sprouts—they're all high in content. Yeah. So I don't actually like uh, Brussels sprouts, but I do like cabbage. And I do like uh, cauliflowers. Uh, so that's another another thing. So yeah, it, it looks as though uh, it, it could be quite beneficial. It, it, as I say, it's a new one, and so the I think the research is still out uh, the, on on it, but it, it it's all looking good at the, t the current time. 
the quick asterisk on um, the actual broccoli. So the reason why the sprouts are more conducive for all of the health benefits mm-hmm. is because it's it's right before it actually becomes the broccoli. So when it become when it matures to the broccoli, it doesn't have all of these benefits. So you need to catch it at that really young state, and that's why you're growing it on your own, or you know you're buying it from from a shop that's like growing them right in that that sprout form so it's similar to like mm-hmm. alfalfa sprouts and, and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. um so it, it looks just like it it's just like a little uh seedling of sorts and it grows in water and mm-hmm. you want to catch it before it becomes the full broccoli uh deal all right i'm going to sum this all up so the top seven proven through science supplements that i use for everyday training recovery one essential electrolytes which is salt sodium chloride calcium potassium magnesium and zinc Two, vitamin D as the pill form, obviously. Three, fish oil slash omega-3s. Four, glucosamine. Five, collagen, protein. Uh, Peptide, I think, is, and I think that has the amino acid in it. I think. uh, If you get the collagen, protein, peptide. Six, creatine monohydrate. And seven, broccoli sprouts in the supplement form. Any, Any concluding summary thoughts, Mike, on that? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, of those, I take uh, the the fish oils regularly, uh, definitely, uh, and uh, I keep meaning to take glucosamine, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> I do get a lot of vegetables in my diet. Uh, I take the electrolytes when I'm training correctly. But it, interestingly, yeah, at certain times you might need more things than others. I had, I broke my leg recently. Had a lot of internal bleeding, which caused me to have uh, almost go for kidney failure. So they had to give me these washouts. Uh, to to flush out all the the crap basically out of my kidneys uh, and to get get them healthy again. But the by flushing so much fluid through the kidneys, I became anemic. So then I needed blood transfusions <laughs> to get the blood level up. So now I'm on iron pills at the moment. Uh, so I'm taking iron because obviously iron is is super important for transportation of oxygen around the body. And as an endurance athlete, being anemic is is not a good one. So that's a temporary supplement I'm taking. And again, it looks like iron is good to take with vitamin C uh, to help absorption. So I'm taking vitamin C and iron to help get my iron content back up to uh, to where it should be. So at certain times, I think there are certain needs for certain supplements. Uh, uh, but I am, you know... I'm not against them, uh, and uh, you seem to pick a, g- a good chunk of very good uh, supplements. But I'm definitely much more in the camp of trying to eat a healthy, balanced diet to get as many of, of the essential vitamins, minerals, proteins, and fats uh, that, that we can. <laughs> so, yeah, look to talking about that one on a, on a future podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Aaron So, aka D Lake. Tips and tactics, you could train like a pro. This cast to help you, and faster than you could go. All the PRs you could beat, of course, records that comes in your upcoming season. Right. Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master just none. Just be. just be a master of some. Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? Too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right? Or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about, I don't know, the new trends on carb cycling for trail running. Don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. Sign up for our free email newsletter, Three Thing Thursday. One, two, three, four. 
We'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better living and training. Go to delaycreates.com slash TTT. We do the hard, time-consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's delatecreates.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time. Time is a resource no one can make more of, so we appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through running, cycling, and triathlon. The episode and many others have a transcription. Go to the show notes description to find out more. This was produced in Sydney, Australia, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and future. I recognize their continuing connection to the land, waters, and culture. These lands were stolen and sovereignty was never ceded. If you like this episode, again, we'd highly appreciate it if you go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to follow D-Lake Creates Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Acast, and a bunch of others. And if you're feeling real loose, a rating, review, or share of this episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions for the episode, or hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email talk, T-A-L-K, at dlakecreates.com. We're also on the socials, mainly Instagram. You can hit up Mike Trees at the letters R-U-N dot N-R-G. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at dlakecreates.com. Or just wherever you can find us is fine. If you need any transcripts, you're into podcasting, or let's say you just are big into accessibility, please use the company that we use, SpeechDocs. You can check them out at speechdocs.com. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a link in the show notes description. Thank you again so much for listening. Peace.